Hey there, friends, fans, and listeners. Jenny here. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a pretty big U2 fan. And if you're a pretty big U2 fan, you probably know about Bono's work in Africa through the organizations Red and One. Now, more than ever, it is imperative we give them our support as they are not only fighting the AIDS pandemic, but also the COVID-19 pandemic. And you can help. Go to red.org and one.org to find out how you can be involved. Hi, everyone. This is Hillary. And this is Jenny. We're doing Passengers, Original Soundtracks 1 today. Yes, whether we like it or not. My it's granny happening. always said if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. So bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad. Oh, well, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um so let's just say this is not gonna be an in depth tart talk like our other ones. We're calling this a mini tart talk. It's definitely mini because this album is insufferable. Well, yeah. I don't know. So I listened to it all the way through yesterday for the first time, probably since the day I bought it. I had listened to it all the way through before. And as that happens with other albums, this is not a U2 album. U2 happens to be on it. This is what someone described as the loose idea was that Eno would call the creative shots and you two would obey. I think they love <laughs> I wish I wish your eye roll had a sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> but I listened to it from a creative frame of mind. And I was like, okay, these things could be on soundtracks. Soundtracks. So I don't know. I just can't. I, I really, really hate this album. And I'm I'm trying to like find I, I've been trying to find like good things about certain songs. And yeah. it's just I it's seriously the only word that like as I'm listening to it, the word that keeps coming to my mind is insufferable. <laughs> like I think they lost a bet to Brian Eno. Yeah. Well, and I also, I listened to it while I walked the dog and while I checked email, like background music, and I found it totally fine. God, but, I couldn't even have it as background. I, I would, I can't. You know what else? <laughs> Sorry, people. Is I, this is not going to surprise anyone that knows me or listens to this, but this album really confirmed that I'm a big ass Bono snob. <laughs> <laughs> because I only want the songs that he sings right. on. I agree. I agree with that. Um, so I have a few little facts. Okay. Uh, it was recorded in London and in Dublin between November 1994 and June 1995. It was released on, wait for it, November 6th, 1995, which was my birthday. And I'm sure that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, an album, and then. And then not. And then not. Um, okay, so Larry, Larry's quote, um, Larry's very publicly said that 
uh, he just like he says there's a, a thin line between interesting music and self-indulgence. We crossed it on the passengers record. So yeah, I have something similar from him. It says it was a little self-indulgent. I thought we might be pushing our audience too far. I think there are some great songs and a couple of interesting ideas, but for me, it didn't go anywhere. So uh, Bono is quoted. I'm sorry. Larry did say that Miss Sarajevo is a classic. Um, Bono counters Larry saying, Larry just didn't like passengers because we didn't let him play the drums. Yeah, it's synthesizers and such. Well, maybe he didn't like passengers because it wasn't good. (laughs) (laughs) So this is, I feel like, which we haven't done our book report, but in Bill Flanagan's book, At the End of the World, there's a common theme of nobody wanting to go home. Yes. And I feel like this is that. Oh, absolutely. And I also have this theory that we went from Oxen Baby to Zeropa, and it was just this big, huge, explosive, artistic period. I mean, by the time we got to Zeropa, the band was heading in an artistic direction we had not seen them do before. Right. And my theory was if they had not dumped their artist artiness into passengers we would not have gotten pop no or pop would have sounded like passengers something like that like this shit had to come out it had to come out it's a huge purge yeah a big dump and i i for we forget that they are artists yeah and they want to create doesn't mean they have to release it I know that's the thing. Like the, I'm, I'm like, did anyone listen besides Brian Eno? Did anyone listen to this before they released it? Yeah. Like no. So here's a quote from Paul McGinnis. He's, <laughs> there are some fairly heated exchanges in the course of making it. Brian had a slightly different idea of what they were doing and found it frustrating that the band did not take it quite as seriously as him. And would turn up to sessions late. (laughs) Of course, the band was late. It was supposed to be a fun, relaxed project with no big deadlines. But in the end, it probably didn't work out the way everyone intended. Larry's not a big fan of the record, which he has made abundantly clear. (laughs) (laughs) So it was, this is an Eno project. And he's like, oh, I get I got this great backing band. Yeah. (laughs) So if you look in the liner notes of the CD, if you happen to be as old as me and still have it, each song has a description of the movie, complete with actors and actresses' names. All of a Miss Sarajevo was in a Bill Carter documentary or something, or inspired by. There's another one that made it into a film or two, but this is all made up. Brian Eno came up with the plot lines, the movie names. So you know how um, on Arrested Development that at at the end of every episode, they're like, and on the next episode of Arrested (laughs) Development, and then it never happens. Whatever They they show all the clips. They show a clip and it never happens. I feel like it's that. Yeah. (laughs) Also, it says original soundtracks one. Thank God there wasn't a two. I can't imagine there'd be a two. 
No. I can't imagine. Do you want to hear just a little more quotes about from the band? Sure. Just little bits. Um, Edge says, of course, that he loves it. <laughs> of course. Because it's so different to our normal work. I've always had an interest in more experimental music. It doesn't necessarily fit into a conventional envelope of songwriting. I think the moods of the pieces are very strong and the themes are effective. A lot of filmmakers and dance companies have made use of the music. It suits applications where you don't want too much foreground. You want music with a certain transparency where it really is mood setting. And then Bono says, oh my God, this is long. I'm not going into this. There's some beauties on there. Your Blue Room is one of my favorite songs. I actually really like that one, which was actually used in the film Beyond the Clouds. The song is based on the idea that sex is a conversation of sorts. Well, that tracks. On one level, that's that's my own commentary there. So yeah, and then he goes more into Miss Sarajevo, a lot of stuff about Miss Sarajevo and what was going on in Sarajevo and working with Pavarotti. I think in general, they know that this was self-indulgent. They had, they were in a place in their career where they could do fucking anything they wanted. Right. Didn't matter if it sold, didn't matter if people cared, anything. And this, if they were going to do it, this was the time. Because then they could move on as you two. And thank goodness they did. Yeah, for sure. Do we want to pick out just like a few songs to mention? I don't really have any notes on yeah. it. Yeah, I'll do a few songs. Um, okay. United Colors. So that's the okay. first track. And to me, it sounds like they're trying to do like a Bond song. Yes. And then it's like takes a really bad turn into some sort of Nicholas Sparks movie or something. <laughs> so I had some quotes from Bono about that one. Okay. He said, so you're not far off with the Bond thing. Um, they says they recorded the track. They gave a bullet train in Japan. Bono said, we wanted that sense of speed. We wanted it to sound like being aboard the bullet train. It's a hell of a sound as an opening track, but probably still a bit too long. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I think of when I think of like a Bond. Yeah, but it but it takes a bad, bad turn. It's probably where it gets too long. And it yeah. should have ended before then. Yep. Okay, so I have a one word um comment about slug and that's just okay. long. <laughs> I wrote I, it, I actually wrote blah. down blah. So it's nice. I'm looking in the back of Niall Stokes's book called You Two Songs and Experience and he has a little blurb about each song and mostly a quote mostly from Bono. There's some Ed. So I'll tell you what Bono said about that. Bono said that Slug, he said, it's like a Christmas tree. It's a portrait like trying to throw your arms around the world of somebody a little worse for wear, which we all were in Tokyo because it was the end of the tour. Yeah, it sounds tired. Yeah. I just so I guess if that's, the, if that's the plan, plan <laughs> success. Yeah. Okay, so... What's the next song? Uh, Your Blue Room. Okay, so I have notes on that. Yeah. Um, 
firstly, I've heard it. It's been played live seven times, and I've heard it three times. Really? Yes. Whoa. I I don't know why. I've heard it three times out of seven. Um, I have I found those dates. I heard I it. If I have. Um, you haven't. Okay. So I I heard it in at the second Chicago show in 09 for okay. 360. I heard it um at FedEx in in Washington, Maryland, but in Washington they call it. Yeah. Um and then in Charlottesville. Okay. So three times out of seven. That but is hilarious. When I was looking that up. I'm like, I haven't heard it at all. I'm like, oh, crap, I have. I wouldn't even have thought to look it up. It just came up. I went into, I was looking at YouTube.com on their lyrics pages. And if you click on a song, it it tells you how many times it's, or it doesn't. It gives you the date. So I looked it up for Miss Sarajevo, and I estimated for that, too. But we'll get to that later. Wait, they played it September 12 as well in Chicago. Is that the really? one I was at? Yeah, you were there. It, yeah. So I've heard it I've heard it four times then. I'm looking at YouTube.com, and it doesn't say anything about the 12th. It's, it says just the 13th. Oh, I looked at YouTube tours. I kind of trust that a little bit better. Me too. You do a so, little more research. Yeah. yeah. So they play, So I've heard it half the times they've played it. <laughs> um. Which and I I don't remember. I have no memory of that at all. So it does start off sounding like something that should be on no line, uh, no line on the horizon. Uh huh. Um, I read that it was supposed to be the second single of the album after Miss Sarajevo, but it was canceled after poor album sales. Also, my other note is uh, that Adam recites the final lyrics, which is his only vocal recording yeah it's pretty cool to hear him he does a yeah. nice job he did it, it's i mean it's a pleasant song yeah so bono says it's his favorite song on the record if we weren't keeping a low pro- profile we had to because people get sick of us if we're always putting stuff out we'd have really pushed it or maybe the album didn't sell so well yeah <laughs> maybe but then you know it also says that it features Adam's first lead vocals at the end, quietly chatting in the background as if in a late night conversation post-sex. And what I, I kind of figured out, this is funny. I kind of figured out this song when one of my kids got a children's book, like a going to sleep, a, Betty, a bedtime children's book. And it's called Your Blue Room. Because it's about, you know, when the sun goes down and the moon comes up, everything kind of turns a shade of blue. Yeah. And um, I I was like, oh, that's huh. that's what that I it makes sense. It makes yeah. sense. It's so. it's 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 a pleasant song. I um, it's not U two caliber, but it, no, but a, I enjoy listening to yeah. it. Yeah. I enjoy it. Okay, so I have a note on Always Forever Now, and that is I can hear pop approaching. Oh, 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 oh. Do you want to listen to this? Ready? Yeah. 
While you two were recording as passengers, somebody scrawled a slogan on the blackboard in their new Dublin studio. Make the music of the future you want to live in. Oh. Pop. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it huh. just I just, just had a moment. Huh. I'm gonna have to listen again. Yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> I don't know, just that one song I can hear I can hear the sound of pop just okay. starting to like you know, just kind of peeking out from the Yeah. Okay. Clouds. Um Okay, so a different kind of blue. How many songs do they have with the word blue in it? I mean YouTube uh, in general, a lot. Yeah. We'll have to do like an episode on that one. Okay. Um, my comment, which you probably can't see. No, you can't see it. I can't see says, it. Says, no. what the actual fuck? <laughs> I have nothing else. Okay, let's move on. Okay. Um. Next one, a beach sequence. I have same. <laughs> okay. Mr. Here's from, wait, so here's from Bono real quick. He okay. says about beach sequence, that was me playing one finger piano. In fact, it was called one finger piano at one point, which only goes to show that it doesn't really take an instrumental genius to produce beautiful notes. <laughs> he didn't say that. That's what Niall Stokes said. Interesting. It was also used in the film Beyond the Clouds. Okay. Next. Mysterievo. So I've heard it 13 times. I didn't count mine, but I've heard it a many handfuls. If you times. had asked me, I would have said, I don't know, five. five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not that I don't, I mean, I'm sure every time I've heard it, I've really appreciated it, like, big time. Right, but oh, of course, of course. I wouldn't have thought it was that many times. Um, obviously, it's featuring uh, Luciano Pavarotti. Mm-hmm. My, It's my dad's favorite song. He loves it. He listens to it all the time. I know. I love I do, that about your dad. A really quick aside, um, okay. but that everyone's going to want to hear this. So, okay. My parents listened or watched the RF from the U2 conference. And yeah. We were talking about that one, that. and my dad says, that's the Johnny Cash song, right? And I'm like, huh? And he was like, on a Johnny Cash album, it's Johnny Cash song, right? And I'm like, oh. oh. It's a U2 album that Johnny Cash covered. And he said, yes. oh, I thought it was a Johnny Cash song that you 2 covered. I'm like, oh, no, honey. No. Oh. <laughs> That's a little crazy. Yeah. And That's it, pushing it. <laughs> it is. I mean, firstly, most of Johnny Cash's songs he didn't write. But. Yeah. Anyway, I was just like, oh, my God, no. No, no, no. Um. Anyway. Uh, great song. Um, I love, love, love hearing Bono sing it. It's like his voice just he trans transforms into like another singer. 
now when they originally wrote it. No. No. He he just has discipline with his voice now that he right. didn't have before. And I think he took some opera lessons since then. He, he must, I mean, he must have because there's definitely, there's there was a change in his voice between, we'll talk about this another time, but between recording No Line on the Horizon and the live shows. Yes. When they came back for 360. Yeah. His voice was amazing. Yeah. But the recording didn't, his, his vocals aren't that great. I mean, they're not bad, but they're. It's not yeah. as good as his live. Uh, oh my gosh. Performances. Um. Anyway, so it's about a, a beauty pageant in Sarajevo. During bombing and everything, they still had this beauty pageant and picked a Miss Sarajevo. Yeah. Yeah. Like. I mean, this song is pretty literal. Mm-hmm. You know that trying to have this normal life go on in the middle of a war yeah but working with Pavarotti that had to have been fucking huge and it was Pavarotti that contacted Bono I don't think what's the story that Pavarotti kept calling and Bono thought it was a joke yeah he said it it was the maestro yeah and they kept, and then like finally, Pavarotti got through, and he's, oh, it's actually you. Bono <laughs> <laughs> was a joke. <laughs> Bono says that he was trying to impersonate his father singing in the bath, while he was trying to impersonate Pavarotti. Interesting. Yeah. So Bono's impersonating. Bob Houston, who's impersonating Pavarotti. So, I mean, if if this song wasn't on the album, mm-hmm. I would not have even done this. Right. Liter- literally, I would not have volunteered to do this app if not for this song. Because but like the first year of our recording, you were like, nope. No, we're not doing it. And I, the we're more not. I thought about it, well, firstly, we we're gonna run out of albums at some point, so we might as well do it and stretch out our <laughs> album eps as long as we can. Right. But so I figured that was a good thing. But I I just listened to Miss Sarajevo, and it's it doesn't redeem the album, but it gives it at least one redeeming quality. That, yes. That's worth reviewing. Yes. And it's like a lot of these songs aren't songs like meant for playback. They're literally for movies. Yeah. Like background music or suspense music. And but Mr. Evil is a song. Yeah. I mean, and that song is meant to be big and out there. Yes. Again, I don't think anyone we I don't think we we would be talking about this album at all if it wasn't for Miss Siri. Not just us, but I mean in general. Community in general. Yeah. Yeah. It really holds it's really the clincher, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any notes on any other songs? I have a note, one note on Let's Go Native. Okay. And that is that 
sounds like you too. It's the fly baseline. Yeah. I mean, that's you too. That's yeah. when, when you listen to that, I don't hear any you too. I hear Brian Eno. Yes. Brian Eno's Svengali Rasputin ambient <laughs> crap. <laughs> and then you get to let's go native. And I'm like, and is, there's my band. It is Adam through and through. It yeah. is it's the fucking fly. Adam. Yeah. Not the song, but the bass line. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's that is that's my band. And that's the only that's my only note on that. I want to just. I feel like we have to mention Elvis Ate America. Oh, yeah, I guess we should. (laughs) I don't actually. I have nothing to say, but I guess it should be mentioned. So let me read this dumb. this tiny paragraph from Now Stokes's book. He says, this song began life as, quote, Elvis, American David, end quote, a beat poem written by Bono as a preface to an art exhibition book named Two Times Immortal, Elvis and Marilyn. And Bono said, it's just like a list. <laughs> you ever heard him use the word like like that? No. It's just like a list. Some people don't get the concept, but the American David idea is interesting. I've always conceived of David in the Bible as the first blues singer. The list became a rap and Howie B made it into the song. He's the guy who chants, who's chanting Elvis throughout it. So I have a hard time with this. Because, and I wonder what Bono would think about it now, comparing Elvis to David and blues singers. And because Elvis just brought the blues and rock and roll to white America. Elvis isn't the creator of any of this. No, he's not. He's not David. I mean, I don't think he... Did he write his songs at all? I don't think so. And I think eventually songs were written for him. But maybe, I don't know if he has songwriting credits, but a lot of his early stuff is just, was already released music from black performers that the white community wouldn't touch because, God forbid, we listen to I'm looking up some of his songs, and I don't see any of them that are written by him. Right. So it's just, and yes, I'm not going to say it. Like Elvis was definitely, definitely a pinnacle point in rock and roll here in America. It literally, he literally brought black culture into white music. And that's a, that's a big bridge that wasn't going to happen otherwise. And the pelvis, I mean, he brought sucks quote unquote sucks into the music and this and that which I mean talk to the black community they were in the whole time like they weren't shying away from it but you know us crazy prudish white people (laughs) yeah it's I just think it's dumb and I I think he's very wrong about American David. That's just not. Right. But I also, 
I don't want to diminish his experience of learning about America and Elvis being one of the one of the the big figures in that. So as an artist, he can yeah move that around. He's not right. Bono's not writing history. No, no. And I mean, it's his opinion. He's entitled to that. I, right. I, I do wonder what he would say about that now. Right. Right. Curious. Yeah. Sure. We'll have to ask him that over oh, and cake. Yeah, we haven't had any questions about no for Bono and, whiskey and cake in a very very long time. I feel like we need two. Uh, so we'll ask him about Elvis. And then we'll ask him David. about um, what song did I say it was? Hold on. A different kind of blue. What the actual <laughs> fuck? I mean that one's all, you know. I mean, he even <laughs> sings on it. I know. I just really want to say it. You can pick any other song and ask the same question. Yeah. So that's Passengers. <laughs> we did it. We did it. <laughs> Sober, too. Well, I actually had a little spiked coffee. We thought this would be a pretty heavy drinking Yeah, episode. but when we record, like, during the day, oh, I, yeah. I, you know, I'm not the best. Um, oh, no, we can't day drink right now. Interesting. On YouTube.com, if you click, there's no lyrics to click on for Elvis Ate America. Because America ate him. Interesting. Well, I mean, I know why, but I'm not going to say it. Because of the one word? Yeah. They can't just star that one out or they don't want to admit to it. I think they don't want to admit to it. Yeah. Because I feel like that's one of those things that, I don't know, if Bond was running for president or something, that would be a. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not. I wonder though, did you you listen to the actual CD or you listen to it on. um, I have the actual CD. That word's on there. Is it on the because hold on. Oh no. I listened on on iTunes. Is it you did? So it's on there? Mm-hmm. I didn't listen to the whole song. I kind of got bored. I knew what I was gonna say about it anyway. Yeah, it's um it rhymes, but again I would call it inaccurate and racist. Yep. Yep. Not Bono being racist but it's a term it's just a term that i don't i don't think i mean actually i actually think bono is praising elvis but it's not a good word it's not a good word and i don't think it's okay i mean white people should never use that word and let alone with another white person. No. But I guess. But he's also for an artist. You can push the boundaries. You yeah. can jump over the boundaries. Yeah. So I'm not going to hold it against him. Mm-mm. But I don't agree. I I don't think it's appropriate. I don't either. But but I do think he was being complimentary. It's just not appropriate to use the word. 
So on that note. (laughs) May there never be an original soundtracks to. Please, dear Lord, no, no. I don't know. I mean, if so, I don't know. I don't think that. I mean, Larry, I don't think that, I mean, Larry wouldn't go for it. I hope Bono wouldn't go for it again. No, and I appreciate that they like to do that stuff on their own. Like, if they want to go work on soundtrack stuff, like Edge has done stuff, and Larry and Adam have done stuff, and Bono's contributed stuff that's, like, pertinent. But don't make up your own shit <laughs> for the <laughs> sake of making up your own shit. I think this episode should um, be titled WTAF. Okay. Okay, well, should we wrap this stuff up? Yes, please. Sounds good. And then and we're washing our hands of this album for eternity. We can move on. 2022 is the year of pop. The year of pop. Oh, like we could actually make it. We could make the whole year pop. Yeah. We will in some way or another. Yep. Okay, I should go call my husband back. Okay, y'all. Are we done? You're done. Okay. Until next time. May your music be loud and your whiskey be strong. Elvis. (laughs) No comment. That's a good one. (laughs) Okay, everyone. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye.